and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters on Visit Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. This week we are back with Bakuman, Volume 7, which we will be reading all year, once a month. It's good. Spoilers for later. And I'm your host, Kevin. Oh, I'm your host, Jeremy. Did I say that? No. I'm your host, Jeremy. See, I always mess up this intro. I'm used to it. <laughs> I, I try something new every time because I've never had it. We've been doing this podcast for almost two years, and I've never had it. I think you had it once. Maybe. You were extremely happy about it. I got the It's a Gundam pretty quick. I think I had last time on video games immediately. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, Kevin, we have 22 chapters, so do we want to get into Shonen Jump? Let's do it. First off, we have One Piece, chapter 985, New Onigashima Project. What do you think of One Piece this week, Kevin? I liked One Piece this week. I kind of like a lot of the stuff that they're setting up here and the interaction between Luffy and I'm forgetting Yamato Yamato is pretty great. Yeah, I really like the stake increase as well or the stake change a lot. This this chapter starts with Kanjiro fighting all the samurai, which seems like a bad fight for Kanjiro personally. I mean, I know he has let on that he is stronger than he was pretending to be. Yeah, well, it's not just Kanjiro. It's That's Kanjiro true. and a bunch of... Guys the... with no names. Yes, and some with no heads. <laughs> yes. There's also the bit with Yamato talking with Luffy and being like, hey, because you're Ace's brother, you need to take me on your ship. I wanted to go with him, but I have exploding shackles on me um, yep. that my dad says will explode if I leave the island. Not sure if that's true or not, but I decided not to chance it. My dad does beat me. I don't think he would blow me up. But he is a young guy, so I didn't want to take the risk. He was like, I can, I can get those off. I know Dragon Ball Z key blasts. Yep. <laughs> but before he can, they see Kaido. I'm not sure if he executes Orochi on screen or if he just beats him to the point where he He can't definitely do it. executes Does him. It, it shows a scene of his head separated from his okay. body with his sword on the side of the panel. Like It's just nobody dies in one piece, and we've seen some headless dudes already. Yes. But anyway, he's like, yeah, uh, this is we're going to change Wano into a pirate country because the government can't really attack it. Yep. I'm allies with Big Mom now. All the samurai can join me or die. And my son Yamato is going to take charge. Yes. And Yamato's like, hell no. And Luffy's like, also hell no. <laughs> I'm going to get a one piece. Yes. I really like how this potentially positions Kaido and Big Mom as more long-lasting antagonists. Yeah. It's not something One Piece has never done before. Smoker and Buggy are in that role. Mm-hmm. But it's never done that quite this way, I feel like. It, this could also be a thing where Luffy takes them out. It this could story. be. But it's opened up opportunities. Yeah. This could definitely be something of the magnitude of like, uh, they both get away during this, but he still manages to free, I keep wanting to call it Odin. Wano? Wano. He manages to free Wano, but they, the two of them with like most of their crew gets away to go to Raftel. Yeah, because they're together. They probably know the way. Yeah. Or are pretty close to it at the very least. Or at the very least together, they, they're they like, we know where we need to go to get to know. Like, Yeah. Because honestly, I think they don't know everything because they're still the one really hard to decipher one. Yeah, but we know that Big Mom had a Poneglyph that yes. points you there. I'm pretty sure we know there's one on Wano, too. I'm yeah. pretty sure I didn't make that up. No, I, that, I think that's one of the reasons they wanted to go. Yeah. 
But they they also do want to find the super weapons too. Yes, so. that did get brought up, which is definitely a potential threat. Yep. Yeah, just a very good chapter, and I really hope Yamato sticks around. They yeah. are insisting they join Luffy's crew, and usually that goes well for people who want to join Luffy's crew, but it's been a long time since I wanted somebody to stick around this badly. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely love the, I have these exploding shackles on. I can take those off for you. No, you don't understand. My father beats me. <laughs> I, I can take those off for you. Yeah, Luffy's well, like, Luffy's I've not done a good it. communicator either. Yeah. That's the problem is these people cannot communicate. Yes. But it's just like, I can take those off before. I literally learned how to do it earlier in this arc. Anything else you wanted to say on One Piece, Kevin? Nope. That will bring us to Time Paradox Ghost Rider, Chapter 10, Itsuki Aino, which is a very interesting uh, yes. chapter of Time Paradox, especially after our complaints last week about how it was skipping over stuff. I'm not even sure how this chapter fits into the story, which I think is intentional. Yeah, I think this is a flash forward to the previous, like the previous, the timeline. previous timeline that we're we're not currently watching. Of like, this is what happened to Ino, and but it has to be the middle timeline, right? For lack of a better yes point, talk. It can't be the original timeline where she created White Knight. It's got to be a timeline where. She created Anima, her new series, and passed White Knight with it. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty sure that's true, and it's not we're in a bad end, and he has failed, and she dies. Yeah. Although that's certainly also a possibility. It is, but I want to believe that hopefully what this is is, like you said, it's the middle timeline and not a, oh, hey, I'm getting canceled in a couple of days and need to wrap stuff up for yeah. a couple of weeks. I really hope it's not that. It could be they're leaning further into the time travel thing, though, right? It could be. And that the I can't remember the main character's name, but now he is sending stuff back to a past version of himself in timeline number four. Yeah. Yeah, so at the very least, it made me think of all of these things, mm -hmm. which is good. So yeah. not, not my favorite, and especially not with the whole, I still want to know how he figures out chapter 46 and i really hope that doesn't get glossed over mm -hmm. but this is definitely some really cool time travel shenanigans going on of you're kind of just reading it going when exactly am i yes which i do really like in a time travel story it's yes. also i know's backstory and i think i know's the most important character in the series so yep that's good to have i love that like an old man gave her every issue of shonen jump <laughs> that's yes. what made her obsessed she has the robot toy that makes the time machine, which is interesting. Yes. Yeah, and she dies of overwork after having 30 consecutive weeks at number one. Yep. So, yeah, I'm not sure when this is, like you said, but it's very interesting mm -hmm. and continues to be my favorite new series. So I really hope, like you said, that this isn't, oh, God, I'm about to get canceled. I need to wrap this up. Yeah, which kind of. Spoilers for Bakuman gave me more insight into exactly how cancellation works. Not yeah. as long as that can be believed, you get quite a lot of advance notice. Typically speaking, it depends. My understanding is it very much depends on the situation. Yes. But typically you have about a month where you know you're going to get canceled. It also depends on your editor. Some editors will not tell you until closer to the deadline. Mm -hmm. And it, for example, I think Food Wars knew quite a ways in advance. Yeah. And he also knew, hey, you're going to get extra chapters to finish it up because that was a softer cancellation. Yeah. But yes, I believe that that's typically accurate. How the way it went in Bakuman this week. 
That brings us to My Hero Academia number 278, Disaster Walker. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? Momo gets to do a thing. I had trouble not thinking of the filler part in the exam arc in the anime, Mm -hmm. which is the Momo doing a thing part. I feel like potentially that's better done in the anime. Now, that said, we're only halfway through Momo doing a thing here. Yeah. I do like that Momo gets to be the focus character because, like I said, she's a character I care about. And the problem with this arc of My Hero has been all the time we're spending with characters I don't care about. Yep. It felt very beat, though. It felt very, let's get ready to do a thing. And I liked some of it. I liked the Midnight stuff. I liked Midnight believing in Momo. Yeah. Uh, I liked the idea that she can take down Gigantamachia. It's just, like I said, I want some time with Deku and Bakugo. I understand that we're doing this on purpose, but I just want to spend a time, like, focused time with some of these characters. Yeah. Anything you wanted to see on it? Other than Momo gets to do a thing? No, I mean, you pretty much covered it. All right, that was faster than I expected. Next up is Act Age, scene 121, Another Step. What did you think of Act Age this week, Kevin? I really liked Act Age this week. I really liked the... This is them just kind of coaching Chrysalis through becoming a better actor. And I just like the moments where Chris is kind of like, I I don't get this at all. That was another step. It's kind of like that Mr. Miyagi teaching you karate thing of the, the, it's not that they're tricking her into being a better actor, but they're like, I can't just tell you what you're doing. Yeah. It is very karate kid in that way. Yeah. They record her all day to kind of show her, and at the end of it, Kay is like, hey, you can't not be cute. It's not just an actor thing. It's, like, who you are. Yep. Because we, like, we're hanging out all day, and look, you're super cute all the time, even when you're not trying. Yep. Like, even when you're trying to be angry at me. Yeah. And there's also this really cool thing where she's like, I want to admire something, and she's, like, kind of being sundere about the fact that she very clearly admires Yunaki. Yes, well, I love that. So while she's doing that, she's having that thought. Yonagi takes a picture of her, and she's like, right there. Who are you admiring right there? Like, she was trying, you know, like, right there. That's that's it. That's exactly what they want. Who are you admiring? And she, like, absolutely refuses to admit I was admiring you. Yeah, and we find out that she, like, regularly watches the commercial they were in together mm-hmm. to try and figure out what Yunagi did. It's very cute, and it's very good. Yes. Um, and I also love her impatience of, like, this is our last day. What are we doing? Like, we need to focus. We need to get this right. Why are we just hanging out and fishing? Yep. Yeah, I really liked Actage this week. That and the there's also the moment with Takagi and Yonagi with her being like, wow, that's scary on, like, how deep. K is going into this to try and help Chrysalis. Mm-hmm. I really like that moment too, where she was like, wow, you really are giving it your all here. All right. That brings us into Dr. Stone Z equals 159. Lock on. I really like this chapter of Dr. Stone. It's moving very, very quickly. Yeah. And it also has at the start of it, it, you could spend a whole chapter on this, and it's cool that they didn't, but it's like a reverse Dr. Stone chapter where there's an evil scientist using science to yes. perpetrate an evil act where he's like, ah, no, it's Senku. Here's how I'm going to tell you who Senku is. I I can, by his voice, which I have a recording of, I can find his approximate height. And yep. then, you know, there's margin for error because he's probably grown since I've seen him, but... Well, it was also because I have a general idea of how old he is and stuff like that. I can, I can make this approximation of his height. 
And then I love the sniper being like, all right, so there's three candidates. And so he like, and when we see the old sniper and he sees the two guys panicking, he's like, not them. <laughs> yeah. I also love that. He's like, hey, boss, you sure you want this guy dead? Yeah. Who's <laughs> like, things have changed. And he has a moment like, huh, me and Senku would definitely take over the world. Like, that would assure my victory. Also, Senko is a, clearly a good guy. And we yes. go for that. So, yes, murder him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it ends with a traditional Dr. Stone thing of Senku trying to improvise a bulletproof vest. Yep. Which science that, I don't know, maybe it's accurate. Yeah, it it sounded fairly close. He was talking about using uh, non-Newtonian fluid, which would make it more impact resistant. And I would personally assume that this sniper rifle wouldn't be ridiculously high powered. Like, it's not like he was firing a, you know, Barrett 50 cal at him. Like, even with advanced technology, there's only so much you can do to make some of the stuff better without access to higher grade materials and a better manufacturing facility. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm assuming it's a pretty good rifle, but the idea behind making a bulletproof vest out of a non-Newtonian fluid makes sense. And even Senku is like, this'll maybe work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm not trying to disparage it. Yeah. That's every episode of, or chapter of Dr. Stone. I don't know. Maybe that's science. Sure looks science to me. Well, he was definitely like, this is science. It's been done before. This was some of the early prototypes of bulletproof vests. We'll see if this works, though. I also love when he first finds out there's a sniper. He, Stan, realizes, oh, he's using, like, uh, he says geometric positioning. It's one of the things that always bothers me is when people get uh, geometry and trigonometry <laughs> mixed up. I learn trig and geometry. You to shouldn't. Me, to me, trig is a subset of geometry. It like, isn't. It's not the same thing. No. But it falls under the umbrella to me. <laughs> and that's what bothers me because they're not the same thing. They're different sciences. He was not bisecting a rhombus <laughs> to try and figure out if it's actually a square. What's the area of the sniper? <laughs> What's the area of the sniper rifle? What's its volume? That's not even really geometry either. It's not? That's where I learned volume and area and all of that. Like, anything to do with shapes, I learned in geometry, basically. For me, geometry was proofs about shapes. Okay, we did a lot of proof work, too. Yeah, that that's what, to me, geometry is. But I guess you're right, area and volume is part of geometry. But he was using his knowledge of angles to hide himself from potential sight lines, because he doesn't know exactly where the sniper is. But he's like, well... If, I, you know, if I get under here, he can't see me either, which Stan is like, well, unfortunately for you, I know where all of the hiding spots are. So I know exactly where you are based on the fact that you would go to the optimal hiding spot. Mm -hmm. All right. That brings us to me and Roboco chapter three, her and Roboco. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I laughed right at the beginning and then immediately found that it was overdone like three pages later. And by the end of the chapter, I'm like, yeah, I don't care anymore. I think this is my favorite chapter of me and Roboco so far, but it's very odd. It starts with like a One Piece cover mm -hmm. that's like full on homage to One Piece. And there are just a ton of Anna or of Shonen Jump references in here. There's yep. more Dragon Ball Z jokes. There's Act Age jokes. Yep. There's a Bakuman joke at one point. Yep. Which actually kind of got me. The act age joke is what got me at first. And then they just kept coming and coming and coming. And I was like, the, you know, the uh, literally throw gags at me to hope 
one of them makes me laugh doesn't work when you throw too many at a time. It's also way too referential, right? Yeah. I think the original jokes in here are pretty good, which is why I liked it. Like, I really like this female character. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, he's like a board game genius. Yeah. That bit was pretty good, I felt. But it's just too referential because there's too many. I'm like, who is this for? Bakuman hasn't been in this magazine for years. Yeah. I mean, Dra- Dragon Ball is so ubiquitous that that makes sense. And Act Age is currently running. Yeah. But like, y- this feels like it's more geared towards kids with the art style and the gag style. Yeah. Uh, are there kids who have read Bakuman? <laughs> I Maybe. I mean, um, I know there's a children's shortage in Japan, so mm-hmm. maybe Stone and Jump is skewing older. It just seemed very odd to me. And that's a, like I actually enjoyed the plot of this episode, so and a few of the jokes got to me. Yeah, and like I said, I liked it at first, and then by the end of it, I was just like, "It's you're just throwing too many of these referential jokes at me." I definitely re- agree with that criticism. So that kind of just brought me down to the whole thing, and then the ending. Like, I like the fact that she was this board game genius, but then it was like, and then, you know, classic gag style, uh, Bondo ends up getting left so that Mako, or no, not Mako. Robico. Um, well, no, I, uh, what's the girl's name? You know, I didn't write it down. I really like the joke where, oh, it, it's a Madoka. Yes. <laughs> I didn't really like that it was always drawn out like that. Yes. <laughs> like Dreamweaver was playing when you say her name. Yeah. So her and Robico end up flying off together because they hit it off way better than Bondo and Matuko. Yeah. I mean, that's how you end that chapter, though? It, it is, but just with all this referential stuff, I was kind of like, yeah. All right. Last but not least, that brings us to We Never Learn Question 167, The Sleeping Beauty of the Literary Forest, Part 8. I like this conclusion. But mm-hmm. you could have it to any Furuhashi and Yu-Gi-Oh story, and I would have liked it more. Yeah. It's got good parts. It's just ending a story that we haven't really... I mean, it's not over yet. There's going to be probably one more chapter would be my guess. I'm guessing to, based to on... log it up. Yep. Well, based on just how the rest of them mm-hmm. have gone, too. I think they've all been 10 parts, so we might have two more. I think Ogata was only nine, because I was remember it? expecting okay. it to be ten, but That's... I might be wrong. I might be making that up. I don't I don't remember either. So at the very least, there's there should be at least one more. Although he could it could not, and this could be the end. I think we would have gotten a the end screen because we did for yeah, that's right. the other ones. Uh, but it feels like this story's done too, right? Yeah. Because they get together. They, mm-hmm. I mean, there's still hijinks that can be had there, but they go to the spot where they had that date where she was living with him. Yeah. Saw the stars and confess their feelings for one another. And Ogata's like, oh no, Furuhashi likes him. I'm screwed. <laughs> Which Yep. I kind of liked. I mean, it's cute. It would be a lot more powerful under different circumstances, I feel. Mm-hmm. It is kind of the ending I wanted for these two kids. Yeah, which is nice about it. But like I said the whole time, this hit, for whatever reason, this arc has specifically felt like the, uh, well, what happens if I pick for a Hashi? Like, just kind of randomly. Yeah. Not, not that they're... Like, obviously, he was trying to make it seem like the time they spent together with a broken leg was what did it, but it didn't feel that way to me. Yeah. Especially because all of that was on Furuhashi's point of view. Yes. that Which usually the the series is good about balancing that, but I have noticed with Furuhashi, I think one of the reasons I like her is Furuhashi t- chapters tend to adapt her point of view. Which is fine. In a way a lot of the other girls don't. 
But it was the weird thing of because we didn't get any of his view whatsoever. It didn't feel like because we had already seen her get over her the fact that she actually loves him and she's like, Don't worry, I'll you know, yeah, exactly. we'll fight. So it's like, I've already seen this before. I kind of need to see why he decided to do it, and we really don't. Yeah, like we said, the Elgatha story was a completely different sort of story. Yeah. It, it really is that, like, rewind at the beginning that mm-hmm. I think hurts this story so much. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That brings us into Jump Card. Jump card is the segment where we rank all the series from best to worst, not just the ones we talked about, everything that came out that week. We have 22 this week. What do you have at number 22, Kevin? Evergravity Boys at number 22. Same. Yeah. Broccoli. Broccoli. It, it was dumb last week. It's dumber now. Yes. What do you have at 21? I bone collection at 21. I, I kind of figured that's where you would have that. Yeah. Uh, like I, I've said, you know, for the past month or two that we've been talking about bone collection where it's just kind of lost me this chapter didn't really do anything to draw me back in so it's still just i'm not particularly enjoying it and i just keep getting stuck in certain things of like so he's hanging out with all these exorcists and he currently has his hand inside another girl's chest and nobody says anything yeah i have undead unluck at 21 fair that's a series that's kind of lost me and a lot of chapters not just Time Paradox seemed to want to experiment with their storytelling this week. I think that's mostly coincidence, Mm -hmm. but I did notice a lot of it. I really felt it didn't work for Undead Unlock. I felt really lost. I was like, have we moved on from where we were before? Is this a flashback? Part of it is this this is a character that I don't particularly care about, and they're trying to change that, to be fair. Yes. It's kind of this character's introduction. Yeah, so it is a flashback. No, no, I figured it out. I feel like it really needed a first page that was where we were before. Before we flashed back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't care for it. What do you have at 20? I have Magochan at 20. Uh, again, it's just, I don't find this particularly funny. Yeah, oh, that's the problem with gag manga, right? Yeah. I have Mitama at 20. Don't even, re- oh, uh, they shoot a video of Rize. It's kind of cute. Yeah. That was the thing where it just wasn't funny to me. Yeah. It wasn't offensive. I wasn't like, this isn't funny, but... I didn't laugh, so. Yeah, the it went up a bit higher for me because I did uh, just the fact that they were like, and she became a YouTube star. I was like, all right, that's that's it's pretty funny. That's yeah. true, right. It's, it's not a bad cap. So I have me and Roboco at number 19. Again, like I said, I was like, I laughed at the, I was like, ha, uh, act age joke. That's pretty funny. Oh, you're just doing referential jokes the whole time then. It's not as funny anymore. I have Maury King at 19. Okay. Again, I just didn't find the premise funny. It's just Maury King at school. Which I understand, yeah, definitely do that chapter, mm-hmm. but none of the only bit that really got to me, the reason it went above Mitama, was the part with the girl confessing her love to him and him being like, "Yeah, I'll be dead at Christmas." So. Yes, I only live for you know, I only live for forty days, so that's not gonna work. That was good. I have Haikyuu at eighteen. Really? Okay. 
I think the main reason it went so down for me is it's like, hey, look at all the people that were part of the series that I don't know who they are. It seemed super weird that last week wasn't the last chapter of Haikyuu, right? Yeah. This week is the last chapter of Haikyuu. Yes. I put it much higher because it kind of felt, again, I agree with you. I did not have a fun time reading this. That said, it kind of is the opposite of Demon Slayer, where I was like, this doesn't do what I want. I presume if I read Haikyuu, this would be exactly what I wanted. Like, this is the sort of ending I wanted for Demon Slayer. Yeah, so. and I I did struggle with writing that because I, I understood that of, like, this is exactly what I would want for my ending. Hey, here's where everyone's at, and they're getting ready to go. Like, this is kind of like the Food Wars ending of, well, of course Food Wars had to end with yeah. him challenging... Erina. Erina to another Shokugeki. Like that, of course, that's how the series had to end. So, of course, this series had to end with Hanata being like, let's play more volleyball mm-hmm. as the final page. So, it's like, that That was excellent. I just, I don't know who these people are. So, the fact that you're like, look at all of these cool characters. I'm like, I, I'm maybe not. Maybe we should start reading Haikyuu. Not like monthly, but maybe in the shed in summer, we should maybe pick up volume one. That might not be a bad idea. I mean, I know you're not a sports manga guy, but where are we? 18? 18, yeah. I have Mashal at 18. Okay. It's just shonen stuff, but it's not particularly exciting shonen stuff. Yeah, I have it at 17. Yeah, and I've said a thousand times, that's not Mashal's strength. No, and Mashal isn't even in this one, really. Well, he hasn't been for a while now. They are going for a shonen thing of, like, this is the team now. Yeah. And I can kind of respect that. I even kind of like this character, but, like, they're not really even going for gags with him. And I think there are, like, there's potential there. I have Chainsaw Man at 17. Okay. The Aki point of view is interesting. I get what they're going for, but it just had all the Chainsaw Man problems of it's a fight scene that is dirty and muddy and it's mm-hmm. hard to tell what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't land emotionally the way I think they want it to. What do you have I, at 16? I have Mitama at 16. So, like I said, I thought it was pretty funny that you became a YouTube star. And I was like, I it got a chuckle out of me, so it went at the top of the bottom comedy block because there's a lot of comedy in jump right jump now. right now so this was like the these were the comedy series that i didn't find particularly funny yeah but this was the one i found the funniest out of those <laughs> well I, I mean mine's kind of that way too with mitama mori king mashal the gravity yep. boys undead and luck is just stuck in there it's like you, i guess bone collection is kind of a comedy series but yep. this chapter isn't so much i i have mori king up a bit higher so yeah that's okay fair i have jujutsu kaisen at 16 fair I mean, I just, there's some cool stuff in it. The fight seems better than Chainsaw Man's, which mm-hmm. is why I went above it. But I don't really care about this fiend that Secunda is beating up. Yeah. The threat is kind of generic. Yeah. The thing I liked about it was the Sukina being like, oh, did you think I could only do the, you know, he was like, oh, I thought Sukina's cursed power was like his ability to slice through anything. And him just being like, what, did you think that was all I could do? I can beat you with fire. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, it just didn't do much for me. That's fair. What do you have at 15? Again, if I cared about this, are they called fiends in this? I can't remember what they're called in this. Curse Curse spirits. If I cared about this curse spirit at all, I think that would have worked for me. I do a little, like, I do a little bit. He's the kind of two-bit villain that I care the least about, Mm -hmm. but two-bit villain isn't the right word. He's like, he's on the villain squad, Mm -hmm. and he's like part of the team that I care the least about, but I still care about him a bit. I care... I cared more about the thorns one, the one that had trees growing out of its eyes. Mm-hmm. But this guy's still kind of interesting. But for 15, I had uh, Undead Unlock. And it was mainly because this, I thought this was a pretty decent 
introduction to this weird robot like we've just assumed is a weird robot character but it's actually like a girl in a robot suit i had always assumed it was a back pilot I, I i did as well but it's just kind of the oh she's actually this is the classic the armor isn't to protect you or isn't to protect me it's to protect you yeah but i saw i was like hey that, that was kind of neat like the the fact that unlock was like the first one that she befriended i liked the joke with uh Andy landing naked on her and that being what almost sets her off the first time. Yeah. Unlock being like, I am so sorry you had to see that. I got Magu-chan at 15 because I did find it funny. Like the the secondary evil god here and his hermit crabs. I like like that we're sticking with that. Yeah. The one thing I do like that they're like, he he gives the order and like, oh, throw you in a fire. (laughs) Like, wait, what? Yeah. So I have more king at 14. I just liked Maury King being at school. I thought it was funny, especially with, uh, you know, a lot of the girls being like, who the hell is that? It's like, I'm her pet. (gasps) (laughs) I have Bone Collection at 14. Okay. It's just, it's the setup for some Shonen stuff. It's the setup for what I want Bone Collection to be. The villain is incredibly weak and the stakes here aren't great, but Mm -hmm. at least it's set off, set up and like it could pay off. I've always had more of a soft spot for Bone Collection than you anyway. Yes. What do you have at 13? I have Mission Yuzukura at 13. It's still pretty good. It's, you know, Tayo shenanigans, but I think one of the things that kind of hurts it is he is not interacting with his wife at all. Yeah. I forgot her name, but, Um, like, there's no interaction there, and I think that's a lot of the cuter moments in Mission Yuzukura when the two of them, you know, like, last... Was it last chapter when they were in prison? Yeah, Yeah, it was last chapter. I couldn't remember if there was the one in between but like that was the cutest moment of it even though most of the chapter was him in prison the best part was him and her interacting even some of the other really good ones they don't necessarily all have to be about the both of them but there's at least usually some interaction there like even if it's just at the end cap where she says something to him it kind of just reminds him like oh yeah he is married i have me and roboco at 13 okay we basically talked about that i feel like it's got too many referential jokes. I'll 100% agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But it also has non-referential jokes that work. So. Yeah. I have Chainsaw Man at number 12. I just found the Aki point of view really interesting where he's thinking he's having a snowball fight. And just the whole fact of like that's the reason he's going on this rampage is like he finally gets to have fun because he never got to have fun. It says things about how fiends potentially see the world, right? Yes. Which is interesting. Well, and it's also it's also not necessarily... Maybe this isn't exactly how fiends see the world. Maybe this is some weird, out-of-control version of Makima's control, or this is too. something the gun devil did to him that's doing this to try and control him. I have Mission Yuzukura at 12. Okay. Not much is more to say about yep. it. Pretty much agree with you. I have Hell's Paradise at 11. Same. Uh, it's some kind of cool fight scene stuff. Not, uh-huh. not fantastic, not terrible, so middle of the road. Yeah, basically. Goes right in the center. Yep. What do you have at 10? I block Clover at 10. Same. I actually expected you to put that higher. I I did like it, but there's just some bits about it that it was like a lot of the stuff above it seemed a lot better, and it just kind of seemed generic. Yeah, it's that Black Clover thing. of th- There is an equivalent chapter of Naruto of this, and I mm-hmm. love that chapter of Naruto. And this Black Clover chapter is that again, and mm, it's fine. It's slightly above the middle of the pack. Yeah, it's still good. Like, I'm still liking Black Clover. And I think I'm going to be more interested for next week because this is the 
I mean, there basically is almost a literal equivalent chapter of when Naruto finally faces the nine-tailed fox. I mean, I felt like this was even drawn in a similar way, right? When To Naruto going down into the cage yeah. and being like, hey... Let's hang out, Karama. Uh, do you have a name? Uh, it just, it felt, it had so much that energy. Yeah. What do you have at nine? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at nine. Like I said, I liked the, hey, I can use fire. Like, did you only think I could do that? I can use fire too. I'm so much stronger than you. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I just didn't need that moment. Again, if this is a fiend I wanted to see beat down or if I wanted to see him survive, either way. I, I definitely want to see him beat down. More. So that's probably why I liked it a lot more. I got We Never Learn at 9. Okay. I feel like we said everything on that. Yep. I have Hardball Cop and Dolphin at 8. It's still pretty funny, but this chapter wasn't, didn't have like a really cute moment with the little girl in it. It definitely raises some interesting ideas. So, like, I still really liked it. I really liked the fact that. They're like, yeah, sh- literally what she dreams, she makes into reality. It's what she says. Yes, so, that's true. So it's like her imagination. It's like because she said, hey, this octopus is like a bomber. Yeah, it ha- is like, uh, you know, literally it's the, in D&D, if you get your bluff skill over yeah. 100, the the universe rewrites itself to make your lies true mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, I I like that aspect, and that's a really cool way for this to go. Especially with Dolphin, like, understanding that that's what happens. And he's like, I don't know how it works. Like, I don't specifically know how it works either, but I've seen it enough times to realize that's why I came back here with her. Yeah. I have Ayakashi Triangle at 8. Okay. I like this series. It is maybe a little bit more fan servicey than I want. Mm-hmm. But, and, and this chapter is, I think, more in that direction. Yes. But I still like it. Yeah. It's my number seven. The fan servicey aspect of it doesn't bother me as much i just liked a lot of the stuff better but i definitely like the one girl who's being haunted in this one one of the friends was like why does she hate me so much well i did molest her when we first (laughs) met and i would be pretty pissed if some girl walked up to me and molested me when we first met so that actually makes some sense like i like that she had that moment of oh no that that wasn't a cool thing to do i've hiked you at seven Okay. I, I feel like I talked about it enough where you put it. I think this is a good ending for Haikyuu. I think if I liked Haikyuu, I, that might be my number one. Yeah, this was this was probably an amazing ending for Haikyuu. It just it went so far down to me because I was like, I'm missing out on so much of this ending. I have We Never Learned at 6, and nothing really much more to talk about. Yeah, I have Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin at 6. Um, okay. Because I like all the world building here. I like the potential. And I did really think the moment at the end was cute where... They're like, she's like, the secret to napping is not to think of anything fun. Yes. It's good. It is. What do you have at five? I have my hero at five. I do too as well, actually. Again, I thought you would go higher with it. I, it's the, it's the fact that, like you said, it is the beat and yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see Momo do a thing, but I'll be more excited to watch the next chapter where Momo actually does a thing. Hopefully that's next chapter. Hopefully we don't cut to. <laughs> cut to. I mean, if we cut to Uraraka, I might be okay with that. Yeah. That's about the only character we could cut to without me going, no. Yeah. All right. Now let's cut back to Hawks and. (laughs) Yeah. What is his name? Birdman. I want to call him like Sukiyomi or something like that. I think that's correct. That might be his hero name, though. Either way, 
But it's like, yeah, let's cut back over to here. Like, all right, listen, there's there's some cool stuff of like setting up the cliffhanger and then moving on. But please don't. This is one of the things that graded on me with Attack on Titan was like, yes, cliffhangers are important. But eventually you got to realize they can't all be, oh, my God, what's going to happen next cliffhangers. Or eventually you're just like, that's kind of like all all these episodes are is like a string of, Oh my God, what's going to happen next cliffhangers. And I'm not interested in the story. Mm-hmm. So eventually I just kind of give up on like, yeah. And then some stupid thing's going to happen, but he's going to get out of it because of course he does. Yeah. What do you have it for? I have Dr. Stone at four. Same. It's good. Yeah. I really like the, like I said, the reversal of the way that it acts as like an evil chapter of Dr. Stone. Yes. It was very good. What do you have at number three? I have Time Paradox at three. Oh, I have Act Age at three. Okay. So we're not the same. We're not we're the not same. We're not twinsies. I, like, I think I liked Act Age more, which is why it went above. That's uh, fair. I, I really liked all the emotional moments versus this chapter of Time Paradox, which made me think, which is good. That's why it went at number three. Extremely good chapter, but it did not have the- It didn't make you feel which Act Age did. That's yes. very fair. I really liked both chapters. It was a yeah. hard pick. But I am going to go with like the more cerebral story, I think. Time Paradox got me really excited. I want to know like when this is. And like he could there are so many things that this chapter sets up. And like I said, I think I is the most important character in Time Paradox. Mm-hmm. So getting her background was good. What do you have in number two? I have Act Agent number okay, two. You did say, you said this yes. say, okay. One Piece is great. Yeah, One Piece is great. I love that Kaido respects his son's gender choices. I love that too. He'll beat him. He'll put exploding shackles on him. But if he wants to be a dude, that's fine. I'll treat him like a dude. Yeah. He can be my heir. That's yeah. no problem. He can be my heir. He's going he's gonna to lead the nation. I also really love the moment where he executes Orochi. Uh-huh. And like Orochi doesn't see that coming. I'm like, how did you not see this coming? Like, I realize there's that nobody dies in one piece. But it's definitely one of those things of like, well, of course this was going to happen. Like... You know, all right, we're teaming up with Big Mom. We're gonna, we're gonna go get One Piece. Luffy like uh, looking through the ceiling, but like, no, you're not. I'm gonna get One Piece. I think he's watching it on a TV because they I'm... they make a point that they're recording it. Because then they have to run, and he's like, "Where is it?" And Yamato's like, "It's kind of far away." I know at some point they are looking through the ceiling. I think they're ceiling. looking at a TV through that. Oh, it through a ceiling. Okay, yeah. that that makes more sense because because I just remember there's the point where they're looking at it through the ceiling then they fall down mm-hmm. and are like yeah you're right cuz then they have to well, all right where is it and if they fell down in the middle of the chamber yeah. the fight would immediately happen yeah yeah <laughs> i think kind of thinks he's a good dad <laughs> i love that about yes. him and he's close he is he's pretty close for he's... a drunken pirate dad he's pretty good yeah it's like you know i'm going to make you lord of my pirate nation what do you mean? You yeah, know, I really looking forward to. He's like, "Hey, Yamato, what's up?" Yamato, be like, "Luffy, punch that guy." <laughs> I also think it would be funny if the, both of them were like, "I need to go punch my dad." No, I need to go punch your dad. Well, they kind of had that argument. Yes, they did. Here, but he, he's like, "Hey, if you want to be with me on my crew, I'm gonna have to beat the hell out of your dad." He's like, "Fine with me." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, One Piece really great this week. Really, really looking forward to. Reading it, unfortunately, not next week, but... Nothing's next week. Yeah. There's no one... I guess we can say it now. There's no Shadow Jump next week, so no episode next week. Yep. But it's been a little over six months since we have shaken up what we talk about every week. And all of the new series, I think, are out there. I don't think anything's going to replace Haikyuu. I could be wrong, though. I don't think so either. I think this is just one of the weird things where we've got the new series came in before Haikyuu ended. Yeah. Haikyuu got an extra chapter to end. Whether that was requested or they were just like, well, we're not going to wait for it. 
we can we can afford an extra twenty pages in the magazine for a week. Yeah, and that makes more sense, especially with kind of an understanding of how serialization meetings work, where uh-huh. they were like, "All right, so we need to start launching these new series because these ones are going out." But and they usually like launch one a week, but they're like, "Well, Haiku isn't going to go out until this because." It's done so well, and he wanted like he's getting an ending as opposed to being canceled. Mm-hmm. All right, it's going to end on this chapter. All right, well, like, we're just going to run some extra large issue, or we're going to run an extra large issue. That's fine. Yeah. So if you haven't been through us for a long, we basically just alternate picking things until we have eight series that we're going to talk about every week mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. I go first, then my, my first pick is One Piece because it's good. Surprising no one. I'm going to keep ActAge up there because I have been really liking this current arc and honestly really liking the story after getting back into it. Yeah, ActAge is super good. I'm going to pick my hero. Okay. I. Mm, this is a hard one for me. I got a couple of different ones I want to talk about. I'm going to keep up with Ayakashi Triangle. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take Time Paradox. Okay. <laughs> Probably, again, surprising nobody. Yep. Leaving me with the last one. Oh no, we have we you have two more. Do I? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. I was like, you no, do get I, the last one. Yes, I do get the last one. This is not the last one. I'm gonna keep going with We Never Learn. I know it's gonna be ending fairly soon, so I'll come up with something else to talk about when that happens. But we just it's based- probably going the rest of the year if we're being honest. So yeah, because it, it's got another twenty, 20 chapters, chapters at, least, yeah. at least. So it should be a fair bit of time. Yeah, that was what was going to be my last pick. So now I'm I'm stuck between Doctor Stone and Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was kind of leaning on those. So do we just want to pick? I mean, those. I'll, yeah, yeah. If you want to, I I'll take. I was leaning slightly towards Doctor Stone. So yeah, yeah. And then are. I'll take Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin because I, like I said, I am really interested in where this goes. Mm-hmm. So okay, so those are the eight series we are going to be talking about. For the rest of the year, One Piece, Time Paradox Ghost Rider, Act Age, Dr. Stone, My Hero Academia, Hard Boiled Cop in Dolphin, Ayakashi Triangle, and We Never Learn. Mm-hmm. So that's it for Shonen Jump this week. We, Except for Bakuman, which is all about Shonen Jump. Yes. Which we will talk about after the break. So we read Bakuman Volume 7 this week, and I, I didn't read any of Volume 8. I'm so proud of myself. That I is was, very good. I was very depressed when I read Volume 7, and it was right there, and it would have been so easy, and it might have made my life better. But yep. I was a good boy, and I didn't read it. Yeah. One thing on that, when we were talking about cliffhangers, and especially this volume cliffhanger, I we were talking about cliffhangers last week, but it really had me thinking about... I don't particularly care much about the cliffhanger page because it had been set up way earlier in the chapter, but it definitely had the moment of, it's not that I want to see what happens exactly next. I want to see what happens because of what happens yeah, next. Yeah, exactly. There are a hundred different types of cliffhangers you can do. I, like you talked yes. about, the basic one is what will happen, happen next, which you can only do for so long. Yes. 
But there's like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. Like, you can do a cliffhanger if Luffy is about to punch somebody. Yeah. And that can work if it's earned. You can do reveal cliffhangers of this guy was actually evil. Yeah, and like, uh, it's not change? like I was saying... Yeah, uh, I know. I'm yes. just uh, elaborating yeah. on the point. Yeah, in Bakuman, it's it's such a quick read, I think, because its cliffhangers are so good that you don't see them until you get to the volume break, right? Yeah. Which is frequently a thing when you're reading a volume of manga instead of a... Yeah, um, and, and I have to be really careful of it since I'm reading online, so I have to, thankfully, online, most of the time it tells you when the volume break is at the end of the, the page, which is kind of nice, but it's one of those, like, it's much easier when you're holding the book in your hand and you just get to the end of the book, and you're like, that's the end of the volume, versus I'm like, do, do I hit go to next chapter or no? I wonder if that's a different experience, because I feel like the chapter breaks are more obvious to you. It's not like they're unclear in the volume. There's always a storyboard at the end of every uh, yeah. chapter, which is kind of frustrating because they're in Japanese, which is totally fair. But yeah, it is because it, it is. Yeah, good. it is literally his original storyboards of like certain pages in that chapter. Uh huh. Also, it actually got me to like when we get to storyboards in this volume, yep. I like just naturally glazed over them for a second. Yes. And turned the picture before I realized, hey, wait, that's English. This is part of the story. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to go back and read that. I had the exact same thing. I was like halfway through the page already of like, oh, it's just another story. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they get canceled. <laughs> yep. As we kind of alluded to earlier, Detective Trap sees its last volume. They find out they get four more chapters, so they decide to experiment. Yes. They do a gag chapter. They do a romantic comedy chapter that is based on Miyoshi and Takagi's life that yes. does very well. Yep. They do a battle chapter, and then I don't think they say what they do for the last one. I think they just say, we tried a gag chapter, a romantic comedy chapter, and a battle chapter. I think they the other chapter was they finished the storyline they were. That's, that that's they probably true. Running. Yeah. Because I do like that, where he was like, all right, so you basically have two options. You technically have a third option, but you basically have two options. One is to finish up Trap exactly like, you know, all right, you have four You have four chapters to finish up the series. Yeah. Go. It's like you have already written, because of your time in the hospital, four chapters you could run. Yes. I recommend you don't do that. Yeah. You could try to wrap it up, or you could experiment. Yeah, and he was like, you could try and wrap it up to make this series better. You can try and experiment to make your next series better. And then he was like, the reason I recommend you don't just run the next four chapters that you're going to run is because you've already done that. Jump is willing to basically publish those as, like, you've got all these extra chapters already finished. They're willing to publish those as a kind of, like, unreleased volume of, like, hey, here's a Detective Trap bonus volume. Mm -hmm. So you'll get another volume of manga out of that. And they're like, that's... And they they have an extreme non-reaction to this whole thing, but that's because they're kind of just still dazed after being canceled. Like, they literally spent two hours staring at the ceiling with Mihail kind of kneeling in the corner. And she was like, hey, can we, like, move now? It's been hours. It hasn't been that long. It's been two hours. Oh. <laughs> yeah. As always, it's just very good. And so the yes. rest of the volume is them trying to get back in jump. Yes. And they're frustrations with their young editor who really wants them to do a gag manga yes and they start to realize you know at first they're like well clearly Hitori, their first editor is much better at this and they kind of they're like wait is he one of the reasons that we didn't not that we didn't do well like a lot of they were like it was the hiatus that really killed this thing and that unfortunately happens sometimes you yes. know if you're not there for six months 
Especially unless they're Hunter Hunter, and then you can just take hiatuses forever. But it is a ve- you gave me an expression. And yeah, you're right. It's a very different situation. Well, it's also because they took a six month hiatus after only been being in Jump for what about six months? Yeah. So like they didn't have you know Hunter Hunter started taking long hiatuses ten years in. Yes. Yeah. So it's just like yeah, I've World Trigger took a really long hiatus, but it had already had like a hundred you know two years worth of. Um, no, more than two years worth of chapters. And so it had already hooked a huge audience and people are willing to, especially with when there's such long hiatuses, it's kind of the, it's like, hey, this author released this new book. Oh, I completely, like, I completely forgot about that. It's time to like reread everything and get super invested again. Uh-huh. And you get like the joy of like rediscovering the series. But when it's, all right, well, they'd been running for, you know, 30 chapters and then suddenly they took a six month hiatus and then are back that you didn't have enough of a standing to get through. Unless you're a real big fan. Unless yes. that was your favorite thing in jump. Yeah. And it, like, they still probably, you know, they were still, it wasn't like they were doing horrible. It was just like, we got to cancel these because you're just, you're not putting up the numbers. And like I said, they got suddenly competition. Yes. In the same genre. Yep. as them. It was just bad circumstance that led to their cancellation. Yep. And even their editors like, no, you guys are really good. Like you'll be back in jump. Yeah. It's just, we're, they're like, hey, can we try some one shots? He's like, no, let's go straight for a series. Yeah. And I, I really like that kind of whole thing with their editor because he's feeling pressure of he's a new editor. He's been at this a year, but he's never had a serialized series. And even though he was working on Detective Trap, he did not get it serialized. So it doesn't count as him getting a series mm-hmm. serialized. So that's why he's really pushing for this serialization is he's feeling the pressure from the higher ups of dude, you kind of need to get a series serialized. Like you've been an editor here for a while. And so the him kind of breaking down and being like, I know what's best for you and really putting his job in front of being a good editor. Like he wants to, I want to have a series, not I want to be a good editor to help you get a series. Yeah. And it continues even after he gets his first series with their assistant. Yes. And I really like that. Mashiro is like the first one to sort of get it, and like he, the editor keeps like complimenting Takagi and be like, "Your humor is great. Like that's the mm-hmm. direction you need to go." And Mashiro's like, "No, that is not what he's good at." Yes, like yeah, that was a funny chapter, but like that's not what he's good at. To the point where he calls Ag and he's like, "Hey, if you don't want to answer this question, I'm asking you as my rival." Do well, you- I like that it's Takagi who calls Ag, yeah. and he was like, "If you were going to read a series, would you like to read a that, that we were going to write?" Yes, that we were going to write. If you want to read a new series of ours, would you like a gag chat or a gag series or a more serious series? And or- he's like, dude, um, the world's all about money intelligence. It was like the best thing I've ever read. Actually, I don't think, I don't even think he's like, what kind of series would you like to read from us? I think is the question he asked. He's like, I want it to be heartless, like yeah. the world is all about intelligence and money. Yeah. And I, I like that about it, that they listen to Edgy and. They have Hattori tell them at one point, they're like, hey, what do you think we can we should do? And he's like, okay, A, I can't tell you. I'm not your editor. So unless you want, you know, even like there's literally nothing I can tell you because that would be backstabbing to him and unfair to you as well because you're you're trying to come to me. The one thing I will tell you is it's fine to argue with your editor. And then he like he basically leaves of like, you do not have to do everything he says. It is okay to have conversations with your editor about where to go, mm-hmm. which gets them thinking, well, 
you know, this guy's young and it seems like, you know, he just really likes humor and gag manga. So like that's his personal preference coming into you, you just need to make it funnier. Like gag manga are great. You just need to make a gag manga and that'll that'll sell because I like gag manga. Yeah, but then he gets like super serious about it and he starts looking that's, at That's that's one of the later. yes. Um, that is we're skipping but, some plot beats which we'll go back to. But That's one of the best parts about it is at first it kind of does seem like that's exactly what his problem is. I really like gag manga. I want more gag manga to be in Shonen Jump. You should make a gag manga. That's the best way to do it. But then we have like during the serialization meeting, the editor being like, I wish there was more the editor in chief being like, We I wish there was more gag manga in Shonen Jump. Yeah. But th- and then the their editor goes and like looks at trends and data for all the gag manga he can find. Yes. And he's like, Gag manga that started low tends to get canceled early. Gag manga that starts middling tends to stay middling. Like forever. Yep. They have this argument about like they want to hit because they want to have a anime. They want to have an anime. Because of Mashra's romantic hangups. Yes. And I do love that he gets a text from her. He's like, Yeah, it sucks that you get canceled. Like, take your time. I do want to get married to you before we're 40. Yes. <laughs> I like that too. And I also like that that motivates him to, he's like, Now I'm motivated to do shit. What? She told me to take my time. So, yeah. okay, that actually makes sense. And yeah. like, both of them are like, Let's go. Yeah. Head Outdoor also gets canceled. And so there's a, Subplot with the authoress of that, whose name I can't remember. I should look it up. Uh, Aoki? Ko? Ko? Uh, that might be her pen name. I, I remember something about Aoki. But yeah, yeah we, it's we did. Aoki. Yeah, we did know that that was getting canceled last yeah, volume because it, it was, that was the cliffhanger. Hideout Door and something is getting canceled. Yeah. So a new editor who is a sleazebag. Yes. It's a hit on her. Like, convinces her to stay in Shonen Jump. She wants to go back to Shoujo manga. Yeah, because she was like, I like manga, but Shonen Jump just isn't for me. I want to write a romance story. Yeah, I think she takes to heart the fact that like they kept telling her, hey, you need more fights. This needs yep. to appeal to boys. Yeah, and she's like, I don't want, you know, I want to tell my stories, and if my stories aren't good for Shonen Jump, then I don't want to be in Shonen Jump. Like, you're not the only magazine out there. And she's not even the only magazine she's worked in, because she's worked yes. in Margaret Magazine, which is a Viz, a, a magazine aimed at girls. They hadn't mm. done anything super notable. Boys Over Flowers was the only series I'd heard of that ran in Margaret. But yep, she's like, I can just go back there. He's like, no, you just need to write a romance for boys. As long as you include three panty shots just a, a week, week, it'll be fine. And he kind of successfully convinces her to do that. Sleazily, yes. Yes. Uh, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to hit on you, I promise. But they all have, like, a boyfriend. Have you been in a lot of relationships? Do you understand what guys want? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I have a lot of guy friends. Shit, I cannot ask my old artist because he will think that I am hitting on him when I am yep. not interested. Yeah. I have no male friends. What do I do? Yeah, I have no male friends. I've, I haven't had any relationships. Uh, this is all fantasy in my head. And she's like, so I really love when she's, like, kind of running through. All right, so I need to ask a shonen artist about the male perspective of relationships. And, you know, she's like, well, I can't ask my old partner because he's clearly in love with me and I don't feel that way. I like the, the one super violent guy. She's like, nope, that's too scary. <laughs> no, she's like, that would be embarrassing. Like, yeah. After the arguments we've had, no, I am not. Yeah. I'm not going to him. Yeah. And so she's kind of struggling with what to do until she meets Takagi in the zoo. Yeah. Because they've decided to go full on on the gag manga. Yes. And they're like, we need like a cute mascot type of character. And he's like, well, I'll go to the zoo, look at some cute animals. Maybe that'll spark something. Yeah. 
And she's like, hey, can I ask you something? And she explains the situation. I personally love when she goes, hey, can I ask you something? Do you have a girlfriend? And he's like, <gasps> He's like, man, she's like traditional Japanese beauty. Also, Miyoshi would like kick me to the moon. Well, and he's like, do you feel that way about me? She's like, oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. And so she explains the fact that she's like, I want to... She's like, I got told by my editor that I need to understand the male perspective more. And I wanted a manga artist's male perspective. And he was like, okay. I was actually basically given the same thing of my female characters tend to suck. And so I need a, you know, a female perspective. And I love earlier on, they're like, uh, don't you have a girlfriend? Like, how do you not understand the female perspective? Well, she's kind of a tomboy, so that doesn't really work. She's oh. basically Goku. I don't yeah. Goku. <laughs> yes, I'm dating Goku. I know, you're all jealous. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, they talk on the phone all night. For th- in yeah. the morning. Uh, which is, you know, something I've done never in a non-romantic com- context. And I really like that we see, like, Owie, like, opening up to him. Yes. And you'd be like, so do you want to see panties? And he's like, this is very difficult to explain. Yes. Well, I love the first time she says it she is. Says, do you want to see my panties? Yeah. Do you want to see my panties? And he was like, hold on. <laughs> and she was like, wait, did I say my panties? Yes. You said my panties. I meant, did you want to see panties in general? It's a fraudulent slip. That's fine. Yeah. It's like, so, um, yes, they have to be super realistic. <laughs> Your editor's actually right about this. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, nope, that is exactly what, uh, he's like, that is exactly what boys want. Like, I know it seems dumb and stupid and immature, and that's because it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, super like that subplot. Yes. And like, there's also a bit where, I guess we've skipped the part where they decide they have to go to college after Detective Trap fails. Yeah, because they were like, because we're not working currently, we do have to get into college, because I do not want to be a no-working bum, essentially. So they're like, we'll we'll go to some basically e- easy college, and they're like, I, you know, we're gonna go to the same college. He's like, Mashro's like, yeah, but you can get to a much better one. He's like, I don't care. I'm the one who asked you to make manga with me. We're going to the same college in the same major. And Mashro's like, let's bring Miyoshi too. And he's like, do we have to? It's like, yeah. He was <laughs> I'm like, actually, a little way more comfortable when she's around. Yeah. Well, then I like. You know, he was like, I, it'll be hard talking to girls at college. And I basically could just hear Mashiro going, okay, first off, you have a girlfriend. Mixers are not our thing. Secondly, people are going to assume we're gay with the amount of time we spend together. That's true. So we do not seem gay if you are hanging out with your girlfriend with me. Yeah. But anyway, we found out Aoi's also in college and she learning to be a teacher in case yeah, it doesn't work for her. And she went to the college that Takagi originally was going to try to get into. Yep. Where that girl that had a crush on Takagi is. Yep. And they kind of run into each other and she's an author and she's like written a romance novel and she gives Aoi some confidence when she's like, hey, have you been in a relationship? He's like, no, all the romance in my book with fiction. Yeah. But she's also kind of a bitch about the fact that she's like, uh, why are you, you know, why did you go into manga? You like, you're taking all these literary courses with me. Like clearly you're a good writer. Why would you go into manga? Like clearly that's a low art compared to the high art of literature. No, he's like, no, I like manga, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, hey, do you know Takagi? And she's like, this is very <laughs> awkward <weird. times." laughs> Yes. Do you know Takagi? Uh, yeah, I met that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, hey, I, I want to meet it and rub in his face that I'm an author. She's like, well, that's weird. I can arrange a meeting. Yep. And the cliffhanger we talked about is her being like, hey, can we meet again at the zoo? 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, I guess. With Miyoshi being angry that she keeps calling him and the line is busy. Yes. And Mashiro being like, hey, tell your girlfriend what's going on. I do not want her to kick you to the moon. Yes. Like, I can see Although that. he does cover for him as opposed to, like, that's the one bit of, like, because the first time they were talking all night, she tried calling him and she was like, ah, damn it. She tried calling Mashiro and he picked up. She's like, wait, you're you're not talking to Takagi? What's going on? He's like, oh yeah, editor. <laughs> yeah, it's a work. It's like it's a work thing, because Mashro didn't know at that point either, because he didn't get told until the next day. But it, Takagi at least told him what was going on. But there's definitely that moment of like, you know, the true bro <laughs> move would have been, I'm talking with this other girl to understand a manga artist's female perspective. Yes, like it, that's not that hard to say. Especially because you're like, we're literally, you know, you already knew going in, like, this would be super awkward. Let's only have phone conversations <laughs> so that we're, it doesn't seem like we're literally going out on dates. Yeah. I also super love, I meant to bring it up, the sort of contrast where they don't want to be seen as, like, leeches or anything. They want steady work. They've talked about that, like... Yep. Getting into manga is a gamble, like if you only have a big hit. But at the same time, they want to have that big hit because yes. of Mashiro's like romantic thing. And like their their editor is trying to give them a path that makes them a steady manga creator. Yep. And they are not ignoring it, but they're like, no, we have to aim higher. We have to take the risk. Yeah. Although they when they decide to do the gag manga, I guess there's the there's the big bit where he's like Takagi said he's willing to do it, and Mashiro's like, I don't know, like. Takagi's much better at the sci-fi and the kind of like dark, you know, hyper-realistic, not hyper-realistic, uh, the heartless thing that Edgy really likes. Like, that's his strong suit. Those are the stories we like more. And Mira there, Mira is their editor? I their current so. editor, Something like that. Is like, well, then why doesn't he work for somebody else? And Takagi stands up and he's like, I am leaving. We are done <laughs> with this man. Yeah. Um, and so we have that big moment of Muir realizes, yeah, I said that in anger. I was just getting pissed about it. And even Mashro's like, listen, man, I'm honestly fine if you want to do a Gog manga. Like, it's not the end of the world. And so I like that reconciliation between them and Mira of, okay, well, if we are going to do a Gog manga, we're, you know, yes, you have good points, especially when they get the boxes full of annotated like gag, here's manga. How, gag manga here's how you do comedy like here's how you do comedy books and him having a bunch of notes and they're like you know he put in all this time he does uh, takagi really likes the numbers he's like look at all of these statistics that he's shown of like here are all of the gag series you know from forever since the start of jump look at all of this work he put into like it does actually make sense and i can kind of get behind this and then they put their own spin on it and i really like that it really becomes a collaborative thing of because when they're first doing their gag one shot, they literally just go, yeah, all right, sure. Whatever you say, you know, they like, they go to the meetings like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do exactly what you say. Kind of basically we will make the manga you want to make to prove to you that the manga we want to make is better. Yeah. And they do this sneaky thing where they try to get a one shot into a contest and are a rookie contest and are berated for it. But they're like, we just want edgy to see it. Cause we trust him. Like, fine. We will agree to let it be judged. It just won't be allowed to win any prizes. Yeah. Like that's fine. I love that edgy like reads all. I'm like, this one's great. This other one by this guy is pretty good. good. And then <laughs> the other <laughs> ones are boring. <laughs> He's like, boring, boring, boring. Like, ditto. 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 On theirs. He writes very good. good. <laughs> On the other good. one's like pretty good. Yeah. He was like, Ooh, I like he. He reads theirs first. He's like, this one wins. No contest. 
you got to actually read the other ones. And he's like, I love the scores for all the other ones are just ones across the board. There are a couple that he gives like twos. Is he? Okay. Except for the one that we don't see because it's too violent. Like, we can't run this and jump. And Edgy's like, but that's like the only one that was actually good. Yeah. He was like, I was like, besides, besides theirs, that was the only one that was good. I love that Edgy apparently likes like super dark and violent stuff, even though he's writing like a super just shonen. Yeah. Series. Yeah, I do like that as well. I also really like that with his judging on their one shot. He gives them fives in every category except characters, which is the one thing that they're constantly criticized on. Even the other editors are like, the characters feel sort of hollow and empty. Like they mention, he's like, this is honestly amazing. How did they come up with two new series and a one shot in a month and a half after getting Detective Trap canceled? And Hattori is eventually like, it kind of feels like they're not going deep enough. Like, they're not going all in on anything. Yeah. Like, there's no, this isn't the series they love, to go back to that Time Paradox yes. Ghost Rider thing of, like, they haven't found the thing that, like, they really want to do. They're just trying to do well. Yeah, so they're extremely talented, but we have that other editor being like, I would literally reject all their stuff until they actually gave me the series yeah. that they loved. Like, like even like, if it's super good, like this, like, this is stuff we could serialize. Yep. But I would reject it to, like, motivate them. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that little insight into the the editorial staff on how they were feeling of, you know, like, hey, we'll renew your contracts with Jump. Like, you guys are huge, promising we're stars. We're giving you a raise, technically. Yes. I, it's just straight up a raise. They're like, yeah. we're renewing your contract, well, it, but giving you- it's a you... page rate increase, and they're not writing anything. Yes, but it, it it's it's a, uh, you know, it's a raise in their contract. Yeah. I also love the the one moment where so he's been freaking out about the comedy or Mira's been freaking out about the comedy series. He's like, "Why haven't you turned in their renewals of the contracts?" Oh crap, I forgot. And so he's calling them. And he was, uh, they're like, "Hey, we've got some questions." They're like, I knew it. You want to go to another magazine? Wh- what? No, I. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> jump, jump or bust. Yeah, yeah, it's just super good. Yeah, and like you said, the the setup is super interesting. Where you've got. Takagi going to meet two girls that he has not told his girlfriend about. Yes. One of which he clearly has sparks with, even if he doesn't have any genuine interest. Yeah, I could see them... It's that... I could see them becoming friends. It's that classic comedy romantic... Or romantic comedy trope of, like, I, you know, I can have other female friends, right? Like, I don't have to only like you as a girl and only ever be with guys. Like, I could have a female friend that, like, especially with Miho not being really feminine so it's that kind of thing of like i can't i have one feminine friend like she's like a girly girl and so i i literally need this perspective in my female characters on the other hand though i have had phone conversations that went until the sun rose with girls none of which i did not have romantic feelings to some degree for though yeah well that's the that's the thing i always have that feeling of love isn't finite kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So it's the, well, why, you know, I can, can't I just love her as a friend? Like, isn't, isn't that possible? Like, it's not like I suddenly want to stop dating you and start dating her. Or I'm going to have a tryst with her or anything like that. But like, I, I love Mashiro. Is, is that weird? Yeah. You know, but, but also Miyoshi clearly has sort of control issues. This maybe not the correct term, but because she's not good at expressing her feelings, that sort of thing bothers her. Yeah. So, like, it's clearly there's going to be a clash of some sort. Yes. 
regardless of how that takes form. Yeah, especially because of the fact that he hasn't said anything and she's she's getting like he's now because he's trying to hide the relationship from her, he's becoming distant to her. So she's like, Oh God, is it not working out? kind of thing. Like he didn't he Mashro was the one who suggested that he should tell her about what college they're going to go through, and she's like, "I want to go to that college with you too." Yeah, he's like, "Please tutor me, also." Yeah, and, and he's like, "Can I tutor her also?" He's like, "Hey, tutor me. It's your, it's your choice, Sensei." Yeah. Also, yeah, I want her to go with us. So yes, I do like really Mashro and Miyoshi's like relationship. Yes, Grace, which is again completely aromantic. Yeah, like they are definitely just friends, but it's gone from like I don't want her in the manga studio while we're working to like I need her. Like, hey, can you ink these for me, please? Yeah, like. We need her around. Yes. She's an important part of our dynamic, actually. Yep. Yeah. So I really like those developing relationships. Yeah. It's like I said, very solid. It's I'm super glad we're reading it. Yes. I mean, obviously, these people know how to write a manga. Yeah. And it's just one of those, like you said, it's, man, I finished this volume. I just want to keep going. Yeah. We're like halfway through, too. It's not a super long series. Are we? I thought it was upwards it, of 20. It might be. 18 let me see how many volumes is bakuman because i do know it's not super long but i thought it was around 20 20 it's exactly 20 okay okay so you're right i thought it was like 18 yeah i knew i mean 18 still pretty close and i guess we would be close to the halfway point on 18 but it was only volume seven so yeah so yeah but it's always super what i'm excited to read next is yes. always bakuman it's definitely of the two series we're doing every m- month it's the one that i crave Yes. Not that I'm not enjoying reading Flame of Rekka, but I enjoy reading Bakuman more. All right. Anything else you want to say on Bakuman? Nope. That just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank characters from best to worst. At the very top, we have Mr. Uzumaki Naruto. At the very bottom, we have... That guy who's not even Yamcha, no no honorific, not anything. Yep. Dead in the center, we have Tomoro Shigaraki and Buggy the Clown, who I think are just anchored there for a while, probably. Probably. Bakemon characters, we have Mashiro at number 11, which is probably the right spot for him. Mm -hmm. We've got Miyoshi at number 20. We have Takagi at 24. Yeah, looking at those, I think those are both still right. AG at 25. Man, do I want to put Edgy above Takagi? I kind of do. Kind of, and also, like, I still, I really like both of them for different reasons. So I'm kind of... Okay, we can leave them there. Yeah. J- just like, you're on notice, Takagi. <laughs> Kizuo Hiruma, who writes Otter 11 at 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's definitely the right spot for him. Yep. And Akira Hattori, their old editor at number 40. Who do you want to put on this week? I'm leaning towards Ko. Okay. She's important. I could see waiting till next week because there'll be more developments, but I feel like she's the character who kind of gets the most here. The other art character you could argue for is their new editor. Yeah, that, that would have been the only other one I could think of. It's between the, I, I agree with you. It's definitely between the two of them. I kind of want to do Mira just because he's had okay. more of an arc. And like you said, I think Ko's will come to a head next week. Not that they like they'll suddenly leave, but this is a spoiler. <laughs> oh, it's not a big spoiler. I just found out what their I found out what their next serialization is called. It's a good name. Okay, I would read that manga <laughs> if it came out. Um, all right, so let's put Mira on the list. 
he has had an arc in a way that Hattori doesn't. I definitely like Hattori more, but does that make him a better character? I don't. I don't think so. Like, I like him more as a person and an editor because he's more competent, but he's, you know, the older, he's been around longer. He got One Piece. Yeah, he's also got One Piece. So, you know, versus I really, like, I really liked Mira's character arc in this, especially with him realizing, crap, I am in the wrong. I it was just kind of yelling at these kids, just do what you're told. And that was the wrong thing to do, especially telling Takagi to right for somebody else was the wrong thing to do and him going back to their studio and kowtowing being like you know this is all my fault and even the both of them being like no we're all at fault like it wasn't just on you it wasn't just on us we all got angry yelled at each other and said things we probably shouldn't have do we think he's better than uh hiruama the writer of otter 11 i don't think so like just the couple of little bits about the Otter Eleven writer in this volume were just really funny to me. So I still like how, you know, he's just being his silly self in this. So we kind of have a block of sort of generic shonen protagonists right below him. How do you think it compares to Asta? I think I like Asta more. Okay. In that case, he will go directly above Hatori at number thir- at number forty. All right. Goromira. His first name's Goro. Yeah. Should have put him higher. <laughs> Although he doesn't have forearms. He has forearms. He has two forearms. Yes, instead of four forearms. All right. That will do it for this week. As we said, no episode next week because there's no Shonen Jump. But we will be back in two weeks with volume one of World Trigger. Yeah. Until then, our theme song is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can see my other podcasts or join our Discord if you want to talk about all the anime that's going on right now or some manga. www.patreon.com slash lastpodcast is our Patreon page where you can hear me and Kevin talk about Gundam Wing every week for a little while. Yeah, just a little bit longer. Yes. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Nope. Have a good two weeks, everybody. 